Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Jay Christie. Joining as always by my good friend, my co-host, Andre Brera. Andre, how are you? Hey, man. I'm good. Um, just enjoying this warm day. It reached the 80s, I think, uh, here in LA, so it's beautiful. Nice. Yeah, it was a little bit chilly in New York. It was it's been hot on and off, but it was a little chilly today. But I think we're gonna be in the hot temperatures basically for the rest of the, you know, summer. So Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, it looks like I'll be at some point heading over to New York, probably in October. So let's let's plan something. Let's yeah, we got a link. Together. Got a link. Uh and maybe this we'll time a, we could do a live recording. Huh? Yeah, we could. And this time, uh, you could uh, not come trashed already. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll no, it's fine. <laughs> no, no, uh, I probably, I probably won't be coming fresh off of a fucking fantasy draft. So, yeah, I think yeah. I'll be all right. Yeah, that was just very funny. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're talking about episode three of season two of Psych, Psy versus Psy. Uh-huh. Um, we start off with a situation that I think a lot of us have been in, you know, with a parent and a principal this is in this case a vice principal where sean is getting a I guarantee to... you've never been there no i did once forge my dad's signature on something but that was just because i should have forgot to ask for it mm-hmm. okay and I, and I put it off for like two weeks because i'm a putter offer um but yeah i got i got taken to the school principal office uh in like what was it seventh grade no eighth grade yes for putting a bunch of band-aids on my face like literally for just that I think the last time I, I don't think I ever got to the principal's office. The last time I was in trouble enough where my Shocker. parents were informed, yeah, was in third grade when I did a thing where I uh, poured water on people's seats when they got up to to get the food at lunch, and then when they sat back down, their butts got wet. Um, it was a good prank. Nice. Uh, yeah, anyway, great prank. Great prank. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, yeah, I'm a rule follower. I, I'm not proud of it. It's not when I, at the time I thought I was great for following the rules and now I regret it almost every day. Um, but yeah. he's, he's being interrogated. Uh, well, Henry's there and basically the principal's like these signatures match. I think this is your signature. Yeah. And you know, Henry pulls the cop thing where he knows that's not a signature. Um, and the, the vice principal mentions that he can tell people's penmanship because he, um, he, uh, attended some sort of like overnight seminar seminar for like, um, I don't know. What do you call that? Like handwriting personality, which is, uh, obviously, I mean, I don't think this, I think this is pretty clear. It's just bullshit. There's no science behind it. Um, right yeah and so henry just like oh well i see the hesitation before this meaning like why would i hesitate to write mm-hmm. how the, the way that i write because i just know what i'm gonna do mm-hmm. so yeah this is a forgery yet again and yeah, yeah he gets schooled and that, i mean the vice principal gets schooled yeah my signature would be pretty easy to forge because i really at this point only write two letters um so yeah same with me mine is just like an a a b and like some like some yeah fuckery. Yeah, um, I suppose. Is, like, yeah. Which is so. funny because I don't, I don't answer my, or I don't, I have never in my life signed with an M, even though that's my first name. Not, it's interesting. Yes, classic. I always forget that you're a, a middle name Goldwater buyer. Yes. Um, so we cut to Sean and Gus are in the station. They think they're seeing Lassie tying his shoe, but sure enough, it's not Lassie. It's our big guest star, Lou Diamond Phillips, playing Lars Ewing. You got any Blue Diamond Phillips thoughts? It's fine if the answer is no. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, trust me, I was very formative, uh, 
the movie La Bamba was a very formative experience yeah. for me as a teenager and like a small child. Um, and you know, it actually, like, I've not I'm, seen it by the way. Just if I just want to make, I just want to admit. Okay. Okay. I'm actually not positive. If he's actually Hispanic. I'm pretty sure he's he Filipino. Is he is Filipino. So how do you feel about that? Ah, I mean, I don't really care. I'm not like a huge fan of Richie, yeah. Richie Valens, but uh, he was a great performer in that. Yeah. Because I know and- that Shea Serrano has said many people have come at him about this, and he said, I don't care, Luna and Phillips is Mexican, shut up. So I <laughs> I was wondering if you had the same thought. Yeah, no, fair enough. I think I saw him in something recently where he plays a f- some sort of like father who like um, like grows lemons or something. A father who grows lemons. He has like a, oh my God, was it in fucking... Um, was it in that one show with Maya and? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull I'm gonna look up his uh, his IMDb. With what do you mean Maya who? From uh that pen pen fifteen was that it? No, hold on. Uh, Maya Erskine. It. Yeah. Um, oh, he was it. in Search Party. Is that what you're thinking of? Search Party. That's what it was. Yeah, probably. I haven't seen Search Party. It's a show I should watch because it's you know. All no, 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 no. He was in You're the Worst. Oh, okay. There you go. That's what it was. Okay. So another like alt comedy show. Yes, yes. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Yes. Um, but so, yeah, I like, I like, I like Lou, Lou Diamond Phillips. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I grew up with a bunch of Filipino people. Several mm-hmm. of them are still like my best friends to this day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's a member of the clan. I can safely declare him. Absolutely. A, a, an honorary Hispanic person. Yes. And so he's with the Treasury Department, which Sean says they have a department just for treasure. Um, technically speaking, they don't say it because I don't think they want to be confusing. But technically speaking, he'd be with the Secret Service. Because obviously, as you as you know, the Secret Service is uh, the depart is also does counterfeit money. Um, is or is this that like a is this like a uh, what's that national treasure kind of like? Reference? I mean, I don't. That's I that, I don't know why it started. I think it was because it, I think the Secret Service always was counterfeit, and I forget why they started protecting the president. But anyway, it's that's that's also the responsibility. I did, I did not know that. Did not know. Yeah. That. So um, they're meeting with Vic. And then as they're about to go in, Sean, as he's wont to do, spots a hot girl. Um, and uh, we learn her name's Lindsay. She's played by uh, Bianca Kalick, who is in Rules of Engagement, among other sitcoms. Um, you know. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. Like, I only remember this girl as being like a stripper in that one pretty horrible Aziz Ansari movie. What was it? The one about like Ro- no, Jesse Eisenberg. Which is that one? Uh, 30, 30 minutes or less. One? 30 yeah. minutes or less, yeah. Yeah, so unfortunately for me, my first uh, introduction to her was seeing her topless. So, yeah, cool for I me. I mean, I, you know, it's it, it, you got to start somewhere. I mean, technically speaking, that's not starting because that was after this, but still. Um, I know, it's always just funny, like, when the first time you've seen someone in anything has been, mm-hmm. like, when they're naked. It's just, like, a weird... I'm trying thing. to think of who that's true about for me. Hmm. I don't know. Probably sure. No, no one comes to mind immediately. What? <laughs> Sharon Stone. What did you say? Uh, Sharon Stone. No. Was no. no. I saw Total Recall before I saw uh, Basic Instinct. Anyway, I see. Um, so he introduced himself as a psychic, and she's kind of like, "Oh, they hire psychics around here." And then he does his magic, divines that she is started playing the guitar, um, and uh, then he walks away, and then he goes into the meeting, and we learn that they're tracking a uh, a money forger, a counterfeiter. Who just spent his money at the Home Depot in Santa Barbara? Um, which, if you're going to be spending hundred dollar bills, I guess um, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, sure. Um, I'm just curious, like, what what we what uh, what he was trying to buy? Was he trying to buy some air conditioners or some gazebos? Like, what's the most expensive thing you think you could get at Home Depot? Probably a ride lawnmower. Okay, I mean, yeah, like a good I've one. Never had a lawn in my life, so yeah, that didn't even. Yeah, cost in, my mind. in Florida, they're kind of necessary because in the wet season, you need to mow the lawn about once a week, and it truly is like 95 degrees out, and you will get heat stroke if you use a push lawnmower. Um, yeah. And uh, I can tell you this, because my dad almost got heat stroke multiple times on the ride mower. <laughs> he would come in all red, panting, and my mom would be like, George, why didn't you drink more water? You know, that type of thing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, Lou Phillips is interested to Juliet, and he clearly has the hots for her. Um, and, he sure uh, does. Yes. Um, and this is also, um, I was going to say, yeah, that we learned about Mildred, who is probably my favorite character in the episode, um, who is not a government device. She is. She is a stenographer. Sorry. I didn't realize you were teaming me up for that. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I got I to do better tee up intonations. Yeah. I, um, yeah. So I didn't realize federal agents needed to be, uh, needed. I mean, we're allowed to have stenographers i thought that was just like i don't think that thing. that's true i think it's okay. a think it's a joke <laughs> okay gotcha okay just making sure yeah um and uh we learned that they, he has his own psychic none other than Lindsay, who we met earlier who apparently right. got really close to the counterfiller and fitter in willamette illinois just missing him by a few minutes yeah very interesting um and they mentioned that they are going to meet the next day at the Home Depot at 0700 hours, which like, I don't care, man. I don't care if you've been living under a rock yeah. or if you've been living like in mm. another country, you know what 0700 hours is. Like, I do like the, I do like the joke though. Of, are you sure you don't want me to see this 20 days from now? <laughs> yeah. So 0700 hours. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he knows that I don't even know. I, I, I didn't do the math. So I don't know if 700 hours is 20 days from mm. now, but I mean, uh, I, I know that 127 hours is over five days, but that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, I'm sure it doesn't. Um, and so, yeah, we see like a little bit more of Ewing picking up on Lindsay and no, sorry. He's picking up on Jules, Juliet, not Lindsay, yeah. Juliet. And and after everyone kind of leaves, it's just like Sean and Lindsay left behind. And she mm -hmm. mentioned she's excited to solve the case and basically to prove that he's a fucking fraud. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yep. Sean, Sean better step it up. Yep. So then we cut to the next day. Vic is kind of trying to rally the troops because she doesn't want to get shown up by the feds. And we hear a conversation between Ewing and Lindsay. How many, where how many times does that happen? In all it's these a stories? cop show. It's yeah. a, it's the easiest thing to do. You is need it an really adversary. That bad? I don't know. Okay. The problem is, I guarantee you, if you ask cops who do nothing but like collect pensions and harass teenagers, they'll be like, "Yeah, these damn feds ruining everything." So like, I don't trust them. In, to give an accurate assessment. But we do hear Ewing and Lindsay talking. We learned that Lindsay was not there at 6.30 for the regular meetup, and apparently she went to get coffee is what we learned. Oh. Did even pick and, this up the first time. Yeah. And so they talked to the clerk at the Home Depot, who basically seems like an idiot. They, they make him look like an idiot because he basically was like, why, they asked, why did you think the $100 bill was real? And he was like, because it had 100 on it, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, okay. I know this is like what 2008 2009 or whatever but um I I worked at a Jamba Juice uh at this time in my life mm -hmm. and you fucking know like it has to be a really good fake and from all everything that you hear about 
it doesn't seem like it was that was the case. I mean, it seemed like a it seemed like a decent fake. I thought because the stuff that he's not doing is stuff that you can't really get consumer technology to do. Like the fact that he's doing it on linen paper leads me to believe it's actually a pretty good fake. Is it linen paper that they put it on? Yes, that's what real bit money is made on. I thought it was cotton. It's I think it's a blend, but it's mostly it's a lot of linen. Linen paper is what you would do to recreate it. Um, okay, fine. I, 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 I don't get the impression that it's that bad. Because, like, the stuff with, like, the microprinting and the color changing is stuff that you just... The reason they do it is because you can't do it. That, without. yes. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, Gus and Sean decide that they're going to investigate the rest of the store. Um, and, of course, Sean uses one of those lifts, and he sees that Henry is there. And uh, Henry mentions that he's got to go to his house to do a project for him. So keep that in mind. And then they meet Garrison, um, who is the security guy. Yeah, they meet him in the back because uh, they they Sean while he's going on this lift he notices a bunch of like security cameras so obviously that's the number one thing that you're gonna look at so he goes there and Garrison mentions that he got beaten to the punch. Uh, Lindsay had been there the night before, I think, is what he said. Yeah, and she didn't see anything that was of value, or at least she didn't um, say that there was anything of value at the time. Yeah. But Sean notices that. The guy on camera, for one, was, mm-hmm. like, avoiding, like, the cameras. Like, he knew where things mm-hmm. were. And secondly, he notices, like, a clue on his keychain, which we'll mm-hmm. find out about in a little bit. Yeah. And so then the, he goes back and mentions that the guy did not wear glasses. And this is where Lindsay pulls out the very specific thing that he has a scar on his cheek and a stud diamond in his left ear. Um, which, you know, that's a look. It's a look you could have. Yeah, it is. Um, I like the whole, I you know, <laughs> prefacing like the era that we live in now about not knowing whether that is a he, she, they, them, or whatever. Like that's very. I I'm not giving them credit for this, but I'm like actually like kind of surprised that this is kind of a thing yeah. that happened back in then. Back then. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, but the next scene is at Henry's place, and wait, sorry, one. <clears throat> I sorry, oh, yeah. there's another thing. The, the guy uh, who's on camera doesn't wear glasses. So Lassie makes like, right. a smart crack about looking for somebody in Santa Barbara who doesn't wear glasses, which I like mm-hmm. a lot. But Go what ahead. does Henry want Sean and Gus to help him build? Uh, he wants them to help them help him build a wet bar at his place, mm-hmm. yes. which Sean, for whatever reason, like ad- appropriates that to being like a 70s thing, which like, yeah. no, there's wet bars in every like he says, he says what Reggie Jackson and Diane Cannon coming over Harvey wall bangers, which I remember that psych used to have a thing afterwards during like the credits called the uh-huh. psych outs, which were either like bloopers or like, you know, a line orama. And I'll never, uh-huh. I'll never forget for this one. It was just a bunch of 70s celebrities. And I, my favorite one, I, one I wish was in, he says, or someone in Ricardo Montalban coming over for Harvey wall bangers. I prefer that to Diane Cannon personally, but, um, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure who that is, but I'm looking at a Harvey Wallbanger, and it sounds delicious. Yeah, I mean, I... I never know. had one. Neither have I. I yeah. We gotta get the Aqua Velvas first. We really blew it. We, the problem is we just oh. go to a bar that would serve one. Oof, yes. You know, yes. Um, just, I, mean, I just gotta tell people, hey, clear out the rest of the week. I gotta get trash on Aqua Velvas. If, we're, if, we don't, if there aren't ten little umbrellas on the table, we're not doing enough. Dude, there's this famous bar here in LA. It's like right next to the Scientology Center. It's actually kind of funny. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Tiki Tea. It's been there since like the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, and they only do like tiki drinks. So, and they only take cash. And you could only fit about like 20 people, maybe 30 if you're really horny. Okay. And it's fucking awesome. And I'm gonna, next time we go, next time we go, I'm gonna ask for a fucking aqua velva. I get it. Can I tell you this? Please don't do that because I think we need to do it together for a minute of aqua velvas. We got it. I mean, I'll fly well, out to LA. I gotta come. come I'll come. say this: my new job, I get ten extra vacation days, so I actually probably will be able to. Because previously, I only had ten total, and that's kind of hard when you have to go home for Christmas. You already, you know, you only have a week left. Um, so Merry Christy. Anyway. Yes, but um, and also, I love tiki drinks so much. My one of my great ideas: if I came into a lot of money, I would open a tiki style bar in New York that would be at a loss, but because I had a lot of money, I didn't care. Um, anyway, uh, right. so. Sean is upset about Lindsay showing him up um, and because he doesn't obviously believe in psychics. And uh, Gus insists that they can use some of his knowledge because he, of course, has a coin collection. Yeah, not only that, um, but he read the whole informational package. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like when, you know, Gus is like kind of calling out uh, Sean. He's like that he's threatened by Lindsay being better than him. Mm-hmm. And um, and he suggests they need to work the fucking case. You know, mm-hmm. you got to like work with the facts around them. Yes. Um, and so that's when they figure out, you know, that's when they talk about the fact that like the perp was good enough to not get caught mm-hmm. on any camera whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And his keychain suggests mm-hmm. that he owns a Nissan or, you know, not owns one, but he's in possession of a Nissan. I cannot believe that you're skipping over the references to ballistic X versus Sever. I mean, come on. That's just, I mean, and then Joe versus Volcano. Yeah. He says, it's, it's mano y mano. It's X versus Sever. Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> that missed me. I, I missed that one. So, okay. yeah. Um, they tip Lassie off to the bit of uh, the Nissan, but they know that he's probably switching up his car because he does that often. Um, mm-hmm. And so they go to a fancy car place, uh, and um, they go into it, and it's really nice, and Sean says, this must be what Jay Leno feels like, which is a good joke. Um, and, but sure enough, Lindsay is already there, and so is everyone else. You know, Jay Leno used to be like less than two blocks away from my high school, so we would see ah. him like all the time. Like come out. Hey, in a different you hear about car. this thing? Hey, high school students, you hear about this thing now? I fucking hate Jay Leno. Yeah, so, so do I. I mean, I don't want to speak ill of him because he did recently get really badly burned, but um, I didn't mind that so much. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's fine, but yeah, um, yeah. Jalen, yeah. Um, the thing is, you know that chins can't kill because if they did, he would have murdered a couple people by now. Absolutely. Um, so Sean calls uh, Juliet Clarice um, because she got called by Ewing. Good joke, and she mentions that it's at two a.m. and she kind of has a moment. Where Wait, she why is that a good joke? Because like the signs of the lambs. Yeah, no, I get that, but like for who? I mean, I guess it's because, like, doesn't she, isn't that the whole bit where she gets late-night phone calls or am I misremembering something? She doesn't get late-night phone calls. You can't get late-night phone calls in psychiatric prison. From Lecter? No, I thought, I was thinking I think it was Scott Glenn. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm inventing a scene in my head. Yeah, I could no, be, I yeah. In, I think you're invited, you're in, yeah. I, maybe, That's fine. I don't know. You know what, actually, on the top of my list is to rewatch Silence of the Lambs because I haven't seen it's that very in good. so long. Yeah. Anyway, she has a full fantasy about him. Maybe just Who directed, cool. who directed it? The Silence of the Lambs? Jonathan Demme. Yeah. It was written by Ted Talley. What do you want from me? No, it actually wasn't Jonathan Demme. I'm positive it was Jonathan Demme, but... It was Kurt Russell. I believe you're thinking of Tombstone. Um, I, I'm, that's the joke. 
I know, but okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just don't speak ill of Jonathan Demi. I mean, I'll say this: there are too many famous. Jonathan Demi has the specific shot that he always does. That's way too present in Sons of the Lambs to tell anyone, say anyone else directed it. Which is um, that one? The shot where he just will do a full close up of someone looking down the lens. It's his kind of signature move. Did not know that. Yeah. Wait. Well, what he does? What? 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 Do you, what? Was Ricky in the Flash the last movie he did? Yes. Oh my god! What a shame. Eh, you know. He was one of those guys who apparently just loved working with his friends towards the end of his career. And so I really don't begrudge him. He was just like, yeah, I want to do a fun movie. Also, Rachel getting married is another movie I need to watch badly. I mean, the thing is, if I feel like if you do Silence of the Lambs in Philadelphia back to back, like you can do, I, I just, I'm not someone who needs directors. If they want to fuck around and do bullshit, like do with it, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, it's fine. Um, anyway, uh, we learned that he bought a Lambo, tried to return it. He bought a Lambo for $46,000. Tried to return it and took a $26,000 offer in cash, which that, my friends, is some old-fashioned money laundering. Yeah, you know, he, he, he brought, he, you know, he spent $47,000 in worthless counterfeit money and he got twenty six k in real cash, which is a nice come up. Um, and yeah. honestly, shame on those people at the Lamborghini dealership. Like, you got to be more aware of that. You get, a, you might get away with this at a Nissan dealership. Or mm-hmm. possibly a Hyundai, but I mean, I mean, I think that this is why Saturn went out of business. It could be, could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, it just seems like Lassie has a full-on fucking erection for Ewing in mm-hmm. anything he says. Um, yeah. He very much wants to be a Fed. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he talks about how his suit is super black. It's Washington black, apparently, is what it's called. Yeah, um, because this is before Vanta black was discovered. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, it's the most pure black. Correct. I think I learned um, about this in uh, Fleischman's in Trouble, actually. I think I, I, the Lebertard show did a thing about it once, so that's how I know about it. I never um, listened to that. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch Fleischman's in Trouble, so. Or even. That's too bad. Eh. You kind of remind me of the main character. You see, I have honestly almost no patience at all for stories that are just about. Like, if your pitch is just that, like, it's hard to be rich and have emotional problems, I'm just not. I almost never want to watch it. Well, it's not about him being rich. It's like about them being rich, but him. Like, I understand that. I guess the thing is, and this is probably just, a bad. You just you have you have like extreme um, Woody Allen character main character syndrome. Well, I find that deeply insulting, but also true. <laughs> um, you do that. Also, bit. honestly, I honestly, and I feel bad saying this. I just find Claire Danes completely. She does. I just can't. I find her so unlikable. In oh my almost anything. god! I mean, she's yeah. unlikable on the show, but you get to learn why. But. Homeland was awesome. I fucking looked at we're like I watched so like the, the first opposite. like five episodes. We're I watched so the first the five episodes of Homeland and I was just like, no, I can't stand this character. We're so um, on the opposite on this. I love yeah. Claire Danes. She's my Yeah, queen. I find her to be like the most classic, grew up with a ton of money and is unable to play characters sympathetically, actors alive. Oh um, no. Anyway. No, 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 no. Anyway. No, 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 no. So speaking of things that are bad. We might we uh, might need to end this podcast now. That's fine. I honestly, you know, you should, that's fine. I don't dislike Claire Danes enough to fight about it. Um, I just honestly never liked her. Anyway, um, so Lindsay suggests they, uh, sorry, Sean suggests they join forces like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, which is a line that did not age well. Yeah, it <laughs> didn't. Um, but she, like, she's like very, you know, very chill. She's like, she's not worried about herself. Um, she's, like, and she's not really worried about him because her job is safe as far as she's concerned. You know, mm-hmm. she's the Fed, the psychic Fed, which 
I think would have been a great addition to Mindhunter season three, possibly. I don't yeah. know, maybe. The thing is, David Fincher would definitely just be like, no, I don't believe in psychics. Yeah, well, he wouldn't have been on season three, probably. Uh, I mean, I, I, it annoys me a lot when people post, like, what show got canceled too early, and they say Mindhunter. It's like, I love David Fincher, but Mindhunter got canceled because he doesn't know how to fucking make up his mind and spend less than $200 million. <laughs> like that, like, it, was it was gonna... that expensive? Not really that expensive, but they were way more expensive. And specifically, they took more time. Like, they were in pre-production for Mindhunter Season 3 for, like, a year, and actors were on hold and shit. And, like, I'll say, that the reason why there's no Mindhunter Season 3 is not because Netflix. It's because they... He just was unable to do it in any reasonable amount of time and money. Um, which is fine, but like I know, I just really hate the BTK killer was like fucking teased for two seasons. Brother, you're telling me. I the moment that they opened up, they had just the lower third that says Wichita, Kansas. I started freaking going nuts. So yeah. I know what you're talking about. Anyway, um, this is where she mentions that she's dating someone serious, and then they go inside to look at the bills, and Sean notices that one of the bills is changing color, which of course is not something the counterfeit bills do. Correct. And as someone that used to work at a bank, mm-hmm. worked as a teller for several years, um, I'm good at spotting counterfeit cash, and that is not one of those things that you can easily reproduce. Yes. So, respect. Yes. So, Sean and Gus, they go to the all-team meeting at the police station, and Sean walks in super confident about something. Um, and maybe we'll find out, maybe we won't. But it appears that... Sean and Gus are not welcome at this meeting because mm-hmm. the whole psychic front of this whole investigation has been handled because Lindsay, she's crushing it, dude. Yep. And so Sean, after, you know, taking it personally, uh, says that one of the bills is real and he names off the serial number. They walk away and sure enough, they get stopped because they were right. And Sean deduces that this meant that he's out of money. And so he's going to need to make some more money while he's in town. Um, and so that's the next step. Yeah, to which is just just inspires me to ask, like, what the hell did he spend twenty six thousand dollars in cash on in like three days? Maybe more material know. to buy, like, yeah, to buy the stuff that you need to do this. Who knows? With? I don't have no idea. No idea. So then we come back to the psych office, and a very important thing in the psych fandom world happens here, where Sean is making a pineapple upside down cake in easy bake oven. I will Uh say this. There is not a single psych themed fan thing period that they don't serve pineapple upside down cake. It is like, if you go on r slash psych almost every single week, someone is making pineapple upside down cake. And the phrase, are you a fan of delicious flavor is like as popular as any other phrase. It is very important to the psycho world. Uh, pineapple upside down cake. Do you like that? I've never had it. I like pineapple fine and I like cake fine. Um, I was allergic to pineapple forever, so um, I think I'd be super scared to try it, honestly. Yeah, but uh, anyway, it's baked in an easy-bake oven, which is funny. And so uh, Lindsay shows up. Yeah, Deluxe Force. Uh, Lindsay shows up, and they agree that they should work together, so they have a little session together. And they're like, okay, it's a transient location, remote. And she is just getting by water, which is very vague. They're in Santa Barbara. Come on. Yeah, yeah. She's doing, like, very much uh, cold reading, essentially, mm-hmm. of Sean. Um, but they're both doing their, like, psychic vibes. They're testing each other, essentially. And 
however they come across this, they do, but they realize they have to go to the Holiday Palace Hotel. Well, you're missing important detail because they mentioned that there's something in French, maybe a European hotel. And Gus says that there's one on a sales route, which Sean knows is bullshit. Right. It's actually right. he went there because he got went to a PIP autograph signing where one of Gladys Knight's PIPs signed autographs. Right. Yeah, I did like that. Um, I didn't write it down, so yeah, yeah. I missed that. It's a joke that is, I remember just because the PIPs, you know, I just love the idea of one PIP. Um, yeah, and then um, Lindsay eats the cake and it's not cooked, obviously. And so they go to the hotel. The guy at the front desk is a classic, like European fuddy duddy. Um, is he? And... Oh, he's just like a British. Yeah, I know. I, I guess you're sorry. He's a British fuddy duddy. He's definitely a fuddy duddy. Can we agree on that? Sure. Um, and they, they, there's a but dick yeah, measuring they... contest going on. Correct. Yeah, the cops and the feds are both stepping on each other's toes. They're both spitting their bona fides. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. like I said, dick measuring conference, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and they asked for like whoever paid for their hotel rooms in cash. And apparently in this hotel, in this establishment, cash is king. Which yeah. you know what? Like I've worked in hospitality for like seven years. There aren't that many people paying cash. I'll, I'll no. tell you that. No way. And if yeah. you are, you're hiding something. I will say, I feel like it might have been a little more common in 2007, just because online banking was not as streamlined, but obviously I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, and so the, he thinks it's in the Sean assumes it's in the South Tower because there's construction going on there, and they're trying to see who would refuse maid service because, uh, you know, he wouldn't want people to come in. But of course, Europeans are dirty, is what they imply. So a lot of them aren't. And then the last piece of the puzzle is someone who's not worried about facing the beach. And so they find one that's facing the alley and they uh, go inside and they find mm-hmm. a literal laundromat. Like, cause I guess you have to like beat up the bills to make them look mm-hmm. real. Um, and yeah, there's a bunch of linen paper in the closet and a printer. Yeah. They find all that stuff. Um, and Lindsay makes her estimation that at least like, 50k or it appears that like fifty thousand dollars worth of bills were counterfeited there mm-hmm. and sean catches a little glimpse of like a roll of paper in the closet mm-hmm. that suggests that maybe it's a little bit closer to five hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. and then uh, i think lassiter yeah lassie finds like a stamp um and wonders whether this is like a u.s treasury stamp which it isn't mm-hmm. and lou diamond phillips aka lars ewing shows mm-hmm. up and, you know, he mentions that this is more of a U.S. passport agency stamp. Mm, so yes. our boy, whoever is guilty, is on the run. Yes, he's on the lamb, as they say. Yes, um, correct. And so as they're splitting up and leaving, it's important to note that Lindsay's pretty shocked by the 50 to 500,000. She, she says her receptors aren't getting that. Um, correct. And as they're leaving, they're like, okay, we're going to put people out of the airport, etc. And... Uh, Sean and Lindsay, you know, Lindsay says, have a good night, whatever. And then they decide, she says that um, they should spend some time together to work more, you know, to really get in sync back at his hotel, at, back at her hotel room at 2200 hours. Um, yeah. I mean, if you have someone at your hotel room at 10 p.m., there's going to be some stuff going and, on. And you know that it's, uh, that things are going to get romantic because you hear, which I feel like is like the needle drop that signifies love making is going to happen. Yeah, it's probably like second behind that one George Michael song. 
Um, I mean, no, I the actual number one, it's so on the nose, but the number one is Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. No, but like yeah. similar vibes and similar... By the scene. way, I just want to let you know, I did not know this until I just looked it up. The song is called True by Spandau Ballet. Yeah, I knew, Who knew? that. Who knew? I knew that. Well, Andre Barrera knew. Um, yeah. And so Sean mentions, because he's just doing his bullshitting thing, where he says he doesn't want to be a psychic forever. He wants to find the right woman, whisk her off to Carmel, and open up a haberdashery. So. Yeah, some very Red Dead Redemption 2 vibes. Um, yeah, haberdashery. Uh, I think I bought a hat from a place that was like a haberdashery spot. Sounds uh, like that was a thing you would have done during a phase in your life. I th- yeah, it's a Gurin Brothers G O O. I will say this. I will say this. There is another episode, one of I think the top five best episodes of Psych that has a haberdashery in the plot of it. So this is not the last time I use that word. So if you have another any more haberdashery anecdotes, save them for then. All right, I'm stoked for that. Yeah, um, and yeah. So you know, she mentions that she had a change of heart about her someone special. And they mentioned they have a quiet connection. Sean says that it's like Holly Hunter and uh, William Hurt's head in broadcast news. Um, oh, he- just further reminder, I need to watch that ASAP. It's a great movie. Um, I know. And they're, they do a whole thing when they know they try to think of things. The classic, like, what am I thinking of? And, of course, it ends up with them kissing and then getting to bed. Um, and, is, this uh, the first, is this the first fucking? Yes, I think so. I think so, yeah. yeah. And why not? So. You know, he's a, he's a grown, they're grown adults. and But he wakes up. And much like the lead singer of Lit, and you're gone. Da, da, da. That's a dumb joke. And you're gone. Okay, yeah, yeah. I always have. Gone I, girl. I, she is a gone girl. Um, and so yeah, she's gone. Sad stuff. Mm-hmm. But while she's gone, yeah, I mean, Sean, he, you know, he's on the right track. He suspects that she tricked him in some way and the conversation with gus gets interrupted by lassie calling apparently they found uh the perpetrator dead so we cut to that scene and yeah he's on the floor he's dead Mm -hmm. um yeah it's uh you know unfortunate for him Mm -hmm. and it appears he's been shot with his own gun and we find the name we found out the name of the stiff which is steven grabinski Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he has a scar on the jawline, mm-hmm. and he has the earring in his ear, which yes. seems to suggest that maybe Lindsay might know a little bit yeah. more than she's letting on. And then she gets all touchy feely with the body, which is not great. Um, but as are you know, they decide that the case is closed. Uh, Luna and Phillips ask for a hug. He doesn't get it. Um, and Sean and uh, Lindsay have a conversation where you know. No, they don't have a conversation. Sorry. All right. So he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, so how do you sleep? He goes on about, you know, kind of being suspicious about her, but she ends up walking away. And then we cut to Henry eating the pineapple upside down cake. Yeah. And it's not cooked very well. Um, And, you know, he mentions that like Sean's just upset that he lost the case. You know, Mm -hmm. he's, he's hurt by the fact that I guess it's like back to back episodes where he's just like down bad in some capacity. Yeah. Um, and that Lindsay's a winner and he's a loser. And right now, we we all know that something is off about this case. Mm-hmm. And Henry thinks that Sean should quit because he always does this. He has a record of like people being better than him and he just like throws in the towel. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, Sean is kind of like insulted by it. And ultimately, like we get like a kind of nice thing, which is like Henry accepts him for who he yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And he's off the hook for trying to prove himself because like Henry just believes at this point that Sean is just trying to prove himself to him, which yeah. is not the case. If as It's know, not. It's not. It's a part of it, but it's not. It's a part of it. It's a part of it. Yeah. yeah. And so then we cut to Sean and Gus talking. Sean realizes the cake isn't good and he's upset about it, but it's not really about the cake. It's about how he's mad about her being better. But Correct. Gus brings up the whole thing about her being surprised by the 500,000 thing. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, no, I did have her. I, I, I was on the right track. And so they go to Mildred, who kept the record, including burps. Apparently there's a symbol for burps. Um, mm-hmm. And they go back and read the small talk about the coffee. And um, Sean clocks that. And then Gus gets uh, Mildred to say shotgun. Yeah. So Mildred's got – she has shotgun on the way to the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, so they find out that essentially – Lycan breached protocol. She was supposed to be that one day that she was supposed to meet up for with um with Ewing at six thirty a.m. and she claimed that she was late because she was getting coffee. That was break. That was breaking protocol. So that's not good. Um, but yeah, Sean basically gets there and she congr- he congratulates Lindsay personally for cracking the whole case and. And kind of just like goes into the whole thing about mm-hmm. like how this. He was always suspicious of her since she mm. identified the scar on the perp, which yeah. is, yeah, go on. Yeah, and, you know, uh, he realizes that when he was going through a trash, saw a receipt for a coffee place in Golita, which we didn't mention this, but that's where a Lamborghini was spotted. Um, and right. so Sean mentions that her and Grubinski were partners and lovers. Apparently they met in Willamette during the time that she almost caught him, and they fell in love then. Um uh-huh. And yeah, uh, so, and apparently the whole thing with her, she met, she went to meet him after learning he was going to skip the country, killed him, and then touched him a bunch to cover up the fact her DNA would be there. Not dissimilar to the plan by uh, the bad guy in Mr. Monk and the Captain's Marriage. Remember where he needed to get punched in the face to explain why his blood was everywhere? No, I don't remember that. You remember that um, where the guy is like starts taunting Stoudemire saying that he was having sex with his wife? Who's the guy? And the actor's Nikki Cat. I don't know if that means anything. Okay, yeah, that helps. That's the guy from fucking uh, Days and Confused. I think so. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, um, of course. He's the one who beats the guy's ass, and he says, we're running... Oh, what is it? We're running out of beer. What's the fucking line in that movie? I've never seen Days and Confused. Are you serious? No. I mean, I am serious, yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I should watch it. I'll say this, that type of... I, I just have never been... A fan of it's short, dude. I know. I don't know. There's something about that type of you don't think it's. I think if I'm gonna be completely real, I think it's because I was such a square. I have both trouble. I have so much trouble relating to movies like that. It's why I could never really get into Freaks and Geeks because I'm just like, why would you want to disobey your parents? They're probably right. <laughs> okay, the line is, I only came here to do two things: kick some ass and drink some beer. And it looks like we're almost out of beer. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's he's just you know doing a riff on the they live line. The, the, uh, in the movie, movie they live oh uh, uh i'm here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and i'm all okay. out of bubble gum um Wait, anyway there's a fraud i mean i know i think that the character in the movie probably actually no that doesn't make any sense because they live came out in 1987 so that wouldn't make any sense um because the car- days of confused takes place in like the 70s right yeah, but it's in 92, no. I think. Yeah, but obviously... So Link later saw the movie, but the characters wouldn't have. Anyway. Um, that movie's awesome, man. 
I, I know I gotta watch it. I know. But you haven't seen broadcast news. We're all human. Yeah. Um, I'm only human after all. Sorry. Um, no, hold so, on a second though. Like, stop. Don't get yourself off the hook on this. Like, it's way more common for someone to have seen Days and the Confused than I understand that. I know that. You're just I know a fucking that. nerd. Yeah, honestly, yes. Because honestly, almost every time I watch a movie about mischievous teens, I f- don't like it nearly as much as most people do, and I feel bad about oh myself. Oh my god, brother! Truly, oh it's what happens. Yeah, right. I, I it really, the worst is really freaks and geeks though, because I'm just like I don't relate to any of these characters at all, and I know it's my fault. <laughs> it's a one season show, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, I made it through half of it, and then I stopped. I'm like, no, I'm not enjoying this. There's anyway. a ton of people that had careers. Anyways, go on. Yeah. So Sean starts doing spontaneous psychic Krav Maga, and he knocks over her bag, which has all the money in it. Yeah, it has all the money in it. So clearly, yeah, like you said, they were involved from Wilmette, and at this point, she knows the jig is up. Mm-hmm. So she pulls out the fucking well, biscuit. Well, no, first, first she says, because it's important, that I, st- I didn't sleep with you because we're enemies. I slept with you because I thought we had something. And I love the, come on, these are my coworkers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He needed a little bit more discretion. But yeah, so she pulls out the gun. She takes Sean hostage, essentially. And uh, our boy, Lou Diamond Phillips, just Mm -hmm. steps up to the plate and just fucking takes her down. Mm -hmm. And, well, that's not too, like, long after they see that, like, her suitcase has, like, an actual shit... It's real cash, right? It's not yeah, a no, it, yeah, no, uh, I don't know, actually. Honestly, it doesn't matter. It's it's, it's proof. And so, yeah. Yeah. So then he tackles her, and yeah, and then we cut to the station, the last scene, where Lou Diamond Phillips is shirtless, and they give him a gauzy lens where Juliet gets to look at him. And Lou Diamond Phillips at the time was like 45 years old. He looks good. It's yeah, not like great. It's not like roided up. It's just a good looking body. It's pretty ripped. Yeah, he's looking good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I give this episode an 8 out of 10. So do I. I like this episode. Um, I think it's a fun conceit with another psychic. Um, and yeah, you yeah. know, um, Blue Diamond Phillips is always great to see. Like I said, psych- the guest stars in Psych are some of the best things about it. And as the show gets bigger, there's better guest stars. And Blue Diamond Phillips is a pretty early, like, oh, I like that. He's a good guy, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I want to thank you for coming up. What am I doing? Where can people find you on Twitter? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm like, what's going on? Uh, you could find me at Andre Pereira. And you can find me at the J Christie. Please brave if you subscribe. Uh, follow the show itself on Twitter at First Psych Pod. Sorry, no, just at First Psych is what it is. Um, it's technically speaking, it's at at First Psych, but like that, I would sound stupid if I said that. Um, please share the show with the biggest psych fan you know, and more important than that, tune in next week. Or sorry, next. Wait, what? okay, so this episode's going up on Tuesday. Tune in on Thursday on Friday. Oh Jesus, Jesus this is a real. Man. Because I had to look up what the next episode was because I didn't remember it off the top of my head. Tune in on Friday as we talk about Zero to Murder in 60 Seconds. <laughs>